0: Welcome everyone to the Top Producer Podcast. I am uh, Paul Neifer, your host, and today we're going to have a second conversation with uh, Mitchell Hora from Continuum Ag in Southeast Iowa. Mitchell, uh, how are things
1: going? Oh, things are good. I'm excited to be back. Uh, Round two here of the podcast but geez, we got a lot to talk about a lot to keep unpacking it's very you know, exciting times
0: exactly you know we had our original uh conversation oh what about six months ago probably seven months ago like yeah and i think at that point in time uh you know we were sort of on the forefront of the you know the section uh oh man is it 45 z or 49 z why do why do i am i drawing yeah. a blank it's z i know that is it 45 mitchell Yeah. 45 Z. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking 49. I got too many numbers floating around. Too many numbers. But, but, you know, and we had an announcement from the IRS or a notice. uh, It was last week. I think it was last week. uh, Sort of, you know, well, I don't want to steal your thunder here. So before we really dig into this, let's just quickly take a little time out and give the audience out there because not everybody listened to that original podcast so just give a little quick background on who you are and what continuum ag is
1: yeah you bet um mitchell hora i'm a seventh generation farmer from southeast iowa um ainsworth is technically where we're at but um washington iowa kind of area um corn soybean operation down there and been doing no and cover crops things like that for quite a while But main thing is I'm the founder and CEO of Continuum Ag. We're a software company. We help farmers get their carbon intensity score, help them document and improve their scores, get them verified. We also help with agronomic implementation and uh, can offer consulting and soil data and things like that. But main thing that we've really been ramping up is helping farmers to get their CI score and get them in position for these tax credit opportunities as they come to fruition. Yeah
0: and and we'll just touch briefly a little bit on the on the tax credits so this is a credit that starts technically in 2025 it's a 25 right. and 26 credit but that is going to be corn for a lot of our farmers the majority of the corn that they deliver let's say to an ethanol plant in 2025 was actually planted in 2024 And in order to improve your CI score, there are things, well, we're almost out of 2023. So why don't you explain to the farmer what they need to be doing now if they really want to be able to participate in those credits? And we'll talk about the announcement that came out last week in a little bit. So let's just go through what the farmer really should be looking and focusing in on right now.
1: That's right. So farmers, as we're looking at 2024, that crop, if you're selling to a biofuel plant, the Company will be asking you for management information, and they might be just directly asking you for your carbon intensity score. Um, that score comes from a US Department of Energy tool called the GREET model. And that's G R E E T, which stands for Greenhouse Gases Regulated Emissions and Energy Use in Transportation, which is a mouthful. That's why we just say GREET. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that GREET model is basically what tells you your corn's carbon footprint. And it tells ethanol, sustainable aviation fuel, biodiesel, renewable diesel, it tells them what their carbon footprint is too, which would include the grain or the feed stuff and would include the production and that whole thing. So in 2025, the 45Z tax credit is due to be implemented. It's due to start on January 1st, 2025, and actually goes through 2027 um Paul That's you mentioned true. 2026 yeah. actually yeah. currently it says a 3 year deal through 2027 it could always get extended we don't know yet but um at this point we need to be thinking about in order to maximize this opportunity in calendar year 2025 we need to optimize the carbon intensity of the corn that we're going to grow and the soybeans that we're going to grow in 2024 which means the practices that we did this fall like tillage, manure, fertilizer, cover crop. Those practices this fall directly impact the carbon intensity of this 2024 crop. We're helping farmers to quantify what their number is and then uh, helping them to get third-party verified uh, by documenting the farm practices and getting field-level CI scores. So farmers are in position and uh, saying, hey, the biofuel company, I already got my score. I got grain. Let's play ball. Let's maximize this opportunity as a team and work together here. Uh, This is huge opportunity for uh, middle America, for American energy independence, for more sustainable farming, for rural economies, just huge opportunity. And we, uh, we need to keep banging this drum and making more people aware of it, but we're still waiting for some rules and uh, yeah. Got some rules here the other day from the IRS, and hopefully they'll get some rules about 45Z coming here soon as well.
0: Well, and I think we need to let the farmer understand what this credit means to the ethanol plant. Uh, you know, essentially, if they can get their CI score down to zero, and now that may be difficult to do, but if they can get their CI score down to zero, then for regular ethanol, so to speak, it's a dollar per gallon credit. However, if it's Qualifies for SAF, which is partly what the, the notice came out, then it's closer to $1.75 per gallon. And an ethanol plant doesn't quite produce three gallons of ethanol for every bushel of corn, but it's pretty close. So that potential credit per bushel, just to give the farmer an idea per bushel for corn, Somewhere in that three to five dollar range, depending on what type of mix the ethanol plant is doing. Do I have that correct or well? So that'd be a little
1: aggressive. I I think it's a little aggressive. That's the total dollar amount that would be best case scenario. Exactly. I really don't think we're gonna get to that. And the reason being is that the farmer can get their corn to have a CI score of zero, or in my case, my corn's negative four point one. Um, so i can share my updated story that was my actual corn ci score for my 2023 production Um, i'll circle back to that but um, my corn and my ci score just goes into the ethanol company's equation but if my corn has a ci score of zero doesn't necessarily mean that the ethanol has a score of zero because they've got a lot of other factors that go in as well so The maximum tax credit, though, that they could get would be a dollar a gallon for ethanol and biodiesel, renewable diesel, and a dollar seventy-five per gallon for SAF, exactly like you said. But I think it's going to be tough to get there. You know, I
0: I think realistically, if they could get half that, yeah, yeah, that would probably be the best that they're going to get. And now part of it, they were sort of counting on the pipeline, you know, that was going to take that carbon and dump it into you know, the underground vault in Illinois, or maybe they still are trying to push the pipeline up to, up to the Dakotas. But really, so describe for the listeners how much the score of the ethanol plant is could be from a farmer's corn. Yeah. I mean, what, what so type of percentage? On
1: average, on average, U.S. ethanol has a CI score of 55.5. 5. These ethanol plants are not in the money with 45Z until they get below 50. So that's why we're saying, hey, let's get started now. Let's let's start getting farmers going, and let's get those first couple of points knocked off, um, so that we're at the starting gate, which is fifty. If a company were to implement a pipeline, it would reduce their score by twenty-five to thirty points. Yeah. So that would basically cut it in half right there. The corn today, on average, has a CI score around twenty-nine. So out of the fifty-five, corn is twenty-nine. So it's still more than half. So if you have a pipeline, you still have a big factor that's attributed to the corn. If you and uh, and if you have that pipeline, hey, let's go and do both. Let's get, um, let's get both the pipeline and the corn. Like, why not? And we can have that's the way to be able to get to CI of zero for the ethanol. Yeah. Now those pipelines are not going to be here in time. Yeah, I don't yet know if they're gonna. You know, they've got a long, a big uphill battle ahead of them. The money is big money if they can get it done. But um, in the short term, that pipeline's not going to be there and be ready. At least at scale, some individual plants are, are directly able to sequester and go straight down versus pipeline off to the side somewhere. So those groups are, are going to be able to get to zero or get darn close to it if they combine their direct capture and farmers. But nonetheless, this is not a either or, this is a and um, situation if we really want to optimize this. And on my farm, so I mentioned a pipeline reduced by 25 to 30 points. Well, my corn this year was negative 4.1. And the delta between the default of 29 and my negative four is the 33 point gain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, my that's not across the board because I'm a small producer. I only have so much corn that's negative four. And it's going to get blended with all the rest of the corn that has a score all over the board. And at Continuum Ag, I've seen. CI score is all the way from plus forty four to minus thirteen, is kind of the range. And our average farmer has a CI score of eight, as a, as it exists today. So, but again, your it's average a good opportunity. Is, but we got to yeah, we got to get a lot more farmers getting their score.
0: But your average of eight for your customer base is still better than the overall average for the corn growers yeah. as a whole. Is that correct?
1: Oh well, yeah, because the tip. So the default number today is twenty nine. Yeah. Anything so. better than twenty nine helps to move that ethanol company in the right direction. So that's where like farmers that are listening to this or biofuel folks if you're listening to this like hey, we have got to get people getting these CI scores, creating some awareness and some visibility around this. We got to get in control of this data and start moving farmers in the right direction. It's a 3-year tax credit. If we want to maximize this thing, we got to get it going. And I I understand, you know, biofuel companies are are worried about sticking their neck out there when we do not yet have the IRS rules and the IRS could definitely still screw this up. Um, I really hope <laughs> they've, that they, they've never be, done
0: that in their life. I uh, know. So. Yeah. Not yeah, that the government
1: yeah. would screw anything up, right. Screw yeah. up yeah. a good thing. but Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so for the farmer out there, let's just sort of, you know, on a summary basis, go through, how can a farmer, what are the key, things that really help the farmer reduce their CI score?
1: Yeah. So in my neck of the woods, Southeast Iowa, cover crop um, is huge. Um, So using a cover crop ahead of corn or utilizing manure instead of synthetic fertilizer. Those are big ones. Um, Reducing tillage helps out a lot. So if I was to do, you know, like a strip till or use no till, that helps. Um, if I'm cutting my diesel fuel usage, my energy inputs, if I'm cutting my nitrogen fertilizer, if I'm improving my yield and spreading that carbon input across more bushels, that helps out a lot. Um, so on my farm, I mentioned my score is negative 4.1. That was my updated number based on my production this year. I got to negative 4.1 growing in Washington County, Iowa, because I'm farming with no-till, with cover crops, about 155 units of nitrogen total. Um, split applied. I yielded 212 bushel corn um, and I have decreased uh, fuel inputs and other energy inputs um, because of the lack of passes across the field, reduced pesticides as well. Um, so redu- and reduced overall fertilizer. So a score of negative four, um, like I said, it's not the best score that I've got. I've got guys that are no-till with cover crop with manure instead of the synthetic fertilizer, and they've got scores lower than mine. Um, but even that score of negative four is pretty darn good. How the math works out on that. My local ethanol plant can create 2.89 gallons of ethanol per bushel. So, uh, and they earn two cents per gallon for every CI point that's reduced. So therefore uh, my reduction is worth 5.78 cents per point that I reduce. um, And my Delta between 29.1 and minus 4.1 means that I'm creating $1.92 in maximum tax credit value. Um, but my ethanol plant is slightly above a score of 50 today. Yeah. So we have to discount that a little bit. And uh, they do have to meet some red tape, such as prevailing wage and registered apprenticeship. And some of these, uh, there's some red tape that the IRS has thrown onto this. But um, the most important thing here is that score. knowing my score, at least puts me in position to have a real conversation where we can work together to not waste this opportunity. And that's, that's what makes me excited is being able to create visibility around the number and uh, all farmers should be looking at getting that score and uh, getting that going here now so that they at least know how to have a a educated conversation.
0: And again, that score is not static. So you had your 23 crop that has a score but now you're gonna to have to do your twenty-four crop and you're gonna to have to get a score for that and a score
1: for that's correct. Yeah, it's gonna be every single field is gonna be different. So my farm did two twelve, you know, when we had different fields that range all over. We were in a pretty bad drought um, yep. in my neck of the woods here yep. this year. You know, a lot of times my my farm's doing two forty-five to two fifty-five field yep. averages. So in a lot of years, like I think when you and I talked last time, we were running a a we were running an estimate where my estimate was showing that my CI score is probably going to be around minus 10. Yep. yep. But because of the drought and the lack of yield, I my score ended up being minus four, which is still obviously pretty darn good. But um, yeah, it's going to be different every single year. Um, and we're just trying to make it simple. And that's really what we do at Continuum Ag is we get farmers, their CI scores field by field, help with documentation and verif- third-party verification. Because now if I want to really maximize my dollar going back to me and help to help my biofuel partner out um i'm actually able to now deliver them verified low ci bushels um at continuum ag we work with a third-party verifier um, who puts that third-party stamp of approval which ensures my ethanol partner that this is not fraudulent and that this is legit and uh because of that i can I ought to be able to get a better percentage of the tax credit value. Right,
0: right, and um, you know, and yeah, I know what you're talking about drought because my uh, little cornfield I have in Iowa is about 80 miles due north of you. And I had both the drought and then we had a big freeze in the middle of June, believe it or not. Oh, so that, that, that double whacked me. I would have been happy with 212 this year. So, uh, yeah. uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't too much lower than that. It was lower, but it wasn't that bad. That's good. That's good. Um, you know, I think we'll, uh, Mitchell, we'll take a quick break for a sponsor message. And then I'd like to come back and really dig into the announcement that we got from the IRS yesterday and maybe in conjunction a little bit with what USDA has been saying and so on and so forth.
1: How many years away is the long run for a farmer? Five years? 10 years? Top producers like Han Leinchi, a blue Diamond farming company in Jessup, Iowa, know Rabo finance shares his enduring vision for the future. Whether it's building our grain site, or if it's purchasing the next field, we're able to turn to Rabo as a trusted partner to help us get financing to make those generational decisions. With unmatched financial capacity, local relationship managers and a global network of sector experts to offer market guidance, RoboAgger Finance provides enterprising farmers with a personalized approach to lending and financial services. Growing a better world together, RoboAgger Finance.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Top Producer Podcast. I am Paul Neef, your host, and we're going to go ahead and rejoin our conversation with uh, Mitchell Hora from Continuum Ag. So, uh, Mitchell, last week, the IRS came out with a notice, and it essentially said that, you know, for purposes of SAF, so sustainable aviation fuel, say that fast, you know, three yeah. times, um, that under the current Greek Guidance, the G R E E T guidance, that you know that it doesn't qualify at corn ethanol for SAF, but you know they sort of indicated that EPA and the IRS are working together that early in 2024. And of course, anytime the IRS says early in 2024, it doesn't mean January or February. Their definition, as long as it's before June 30th, that that yeah, qualifies yeah. as early. Yeah. Uh, that they'll come out with using that GREET that likely ethanol will qualify for SAF. Do I have that right? Or just, you know, yeah, somewhere kind of on that a same little bit. Lines.
1: So this announcement was on December 15th. We're recording this as of December 21st, um, 2023, which is important because, geez, this stuff changes all the time. Um, so as it exists today, okay, so this announcement last week, how I interpret it is that in for the 40B tax credit, which is kind of a sister tax credit to 45Z and what we're mostly talking about here. But for 40B, which is a Sustainable Aviation Fuel Tax Credit, they said that we will allow for the Corsia model right now, which is kind of the global, uh, it's the European model for uh, for fuel um, carbon footprinting and carbon intensity scores. They said you can use Corsia today or we're working on the GREET model. We're going to have an update out. The date that I saw was that they promised to have something by March one but yeah, uh early yeah, you know yeah. w- who knows they yeah. they were supposed to have announcements on all this stuff months ago and they of course haven't so who knows when they'll have it but they said hey you can use corsia today or we will allow for greet but just not the greet that's out there today we're yep. working on a new one we'll get that pushed out there and then you can utilize the Greet score towards these sustainable aviation fuel tax credits it's a massive win for um ethanol-based sustainable aviation fuel and just for American sustainable aviation fuel. Um, the biggest difference, at least in my, you know, elementary understanding between Corsia and Greet, some of the big differences are about the land use change. So land use change is the big one and just other nuances. If you are using the Corsia model, it, it was really going to be tough to lower your carbon intensity enough Um, by utilizing ethanol to produce sustainable aviation fuel, it was just going to kind of fizzle. And it wasn't really going to work out. These tax credits weren't going to cause any change. But if they utilize the GREET model, it does have the potential to really be impactful. Now, what we're waiting for is they said, okay, we're going to update the GREET model, but we're going to reevaluate things like land use change and other components. So uh, again, they could very well screw this up. But I like the GREET model as it is today. Is it perfect? Not even close. But is it good and conservative enough for what we were trying to get done? I think so. And I think it can really move the needle from a big picture perspective to get more farmers decarbonizing, get more farmers adopting um, more sustainable practices and building soil health, which leads to improved water quality, improved uh, resiliency, improved profitability, just a lot of positive outcomes that can come. And what's good here is that um, moving people in the right direction is what's critical. You yeah. know, just getting people aware and documenting their practices and allow for farmer innovation to lead the charge here. I think that's number one.
0: Yeah. Now, the is your current CI score that you do on your farm or other farmers, is that based purely on the GREET model or is there some yep. so it, so under the current condition, you have a CI score, but this new updated GREET may change your score. Is that really what That's you're right. saying? So here's
1: what we do with Continuum Ag. And if farmers want to check it out, it's at hopsoil.ag is our software. So what we do is you can go to Topsoil, set up an account and uh, say your, your farm and corn, you go in there and you create a profile, which takes like 10 minutes. I did it with a, a old boy farmer here this morning. He did it just about completely by himself and it took him less than 10 minutes and he was doing it on an iPad. Pretty simple, um, but it just plugs in, You know, what is your typical fertilizer? What's your typical yield? What do you do for tillage? What do, you, do you use cover crops? Do you use manure? Um, what's your fuel usage? We ask those questions and then we are running the actual GREET model. So as they create updates, we're ready for it. We just plug in the new GREET model. All of our farmers get their updated CI score because we're just plugging our software into that GREET model and, and running those numbers. Farmers can go and get their CI score totally for free if they want to by downloading the GREET model. It's just really complicated. And uh, so that's what we've just simplified it. We do charge a little bit for it, but um, just because you know it's expensive to build software. Yes, but, it is. Um. You know just trying to simplify it for the farmers like I said we got this this uh, old boy all the way through and um uh really simple process to go and get that score but it'll continue to change and I I welcome that you know I want to tell as accurate of a story as I possibly can and um you know if we can improve the science here and the accuracy of these numbers I think that's going to be great for the long haul
0: now, now you got to be careful, Mitchell, because when you called him an old boy, he's probably my age. So <laughs> <laughs> my
1: point being is, you don't know have what you to. Mean. Be, yeah. You know, yeah, I'm I'm 29 years old. Yeah. You don't have to be 29 or younger to be able to run this thing and get a CI score. Uh, now, if you got your, you know, your uh, young person sitting there with you, yeah, it might help you out. <laughs> <laughs> help you find the buttons and hit yeah. the buttons right yeah.
0: It's like when I gotta get update my cell phone. You know, I I call one my four boys. Okay, what do I need to do here? So, uh uh although I'm fairly for an old fart, I'm still fairly tech savvy because I got to do all this tax software and everything else, but yeah. Uh, yeah. um so is there anything else right now that we really need to um be cognizant of or is just hey, we really need to see what that report says and then based on that, we'll 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 have another conversation to find out okay, now we know what the playing field is. Now we can try to push ourselves sort of to the touchdown zone or to the red zone, I guess. Yeah. So,
1: what I, how I interpreted that announcement last week, um, speculating here. Okay. So, I could be very wrong, but the IRS said, let's update the GREAT model and let's utilize that for this SAF tax credit. Yep. The 40B tax credit is only for SAF that is produced or sold in 2023 or 2024. It's right. a two year deal. So, we're too late for
0: 23, really.
1: Well, I think they could still look back. You could still amend your last year tax returns and stuff. So if you don't file your taxes early, that's that's what they they could push it for a late filing. And then you can update that number if you're waiting to use the GREAT model. I think that's probably the way, but I'm I'm not a CPA, but it sounds like you...
0: You are correct. I mean, the you could
1: wait. You could yeah. you could uh, do a late filing, yeah. and then you would have that updated number, be able to apply for the tax yeah. credits. Yeah. But there's not that much SAF that was produced yeah. in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. now in 2024, there's going to be more SAF coming online, and now they could utilize this updated Greet model and be able to get these tax credits in 2025. SAF moves from being under 40B to now being under 45Z. Right. right. If I was the IRS, why would I? Not use the GREET model, yep. this yep. updated tool that I just updated with the Department of Energy and with the EPA, went through all this rigmarole and all the hoops. Why would I not use that same tool for 45Z? Now, okay. I really hope I'm not wrong in saying that because um, we've been using the GREET model. Again, it's not perfect, but it sure is good enough and sure makes farmers excited when I show them the opportunity for them to take control and to tell their story and to be able to adopt more of these practices that lead to improving these scores. But um, step one today is, is the GREAT model as it exists today is good enough. It's going to give you at least a good indicator of what your score will be for updated versions and absolutely it'll at least give you direction as to the levers that you can push and pull to improve your score as we grow crop in 2024 and as we prepare for growing crop in 2025. So, um, And yeah, in our system, we... we know that we're going to have to update the scoring system and we're ready to do that. Make sure that our farmers are really first in line. Um, And then other than that, what we're also encouraging our farmers to do is start documenting. Mm -hmm. If you want to get paid the maximum amount, you likely are going to want to go through an independent verification process. And we're facilitating one of those. You likely will want to know exactly what your score is have all the data to back it up. And like I said, go through that verification process. That's the way to be able to ensure that you can maximize this opportunity because you're reducing the risk for that buyer. If you just go and are selling corn a year from now and you say, Oh sure. I did some cover crops and sure. I only used 160 units of, of N and sure. I yielded, you know, 230 bush corn. Like if they're just taking your word for it and you're signing a attestation letter, that's only going to, garner so much value that they can pass along to you. Cause they have to kind of hedge that some farmers, when they get audited, some farmers might yeah. not have yeah. as good of a score yeah. as what they're claiming. So that's what we're trying to reduce fraud by preemptively getting farmers verified CI scores, also helping farmers just have more awareness. I think about it as we're growing the pie, we need to create more awareness, grow the pie, because more farmers that have low CI scores, the more tax credit dollars for everybody. Yeah. Then we need to help farmers to lower their CI score, move from left to right, and uh, you know move the uh, ball in the right direction to be able to improve each farmer's individual impact. And then we need to reduce fraud by getting things third-party verified. And we work with a, a company called Eco Engineers that we're working through that process with right now to make sure that we are up to snuff and able to pass through third-party verification at scale, helping our farmers to really put to work all this data that we, that we collect on our farms.
0: Let's say we have a farmer, they grow a couple thousand acres, and a thousand acres of it was manure was applied, and then a thousand acres they use synthetic fertilizer. Are they ever able to bifurcate? Oh, that's a word that CPAs love to use, bifurcate. Uh, are they able to split their score between the manure And the non-manure, or is it just going to be one score for that whole farm?
1: Yeah, so here's how I'm approaching it. We are going to score each individual field. Okay. Because at the field level, each of those fields will have a different score. That's true. You know, And even my different fields up here on my farm, every single one has a slightly different score because I have slightly different practices and definitely have slightly different yield every time. So each field gets its own score and each field gets verified. But then when I aggregate my grain together, I aggregate the digital asset to that grain, meaning the CI score. And what we do is we run a weighted average CI score for that operation. So So, basically blend the score based on how you blend your grain. If you keep that manure, if you, you know, if the manure fields are up by one place where you got the hog barns and then those go into one bin, uh, one grain site and then your non manure fields are at a different site and you have a different grain site and they are actually physically separated sure then you might have two okay. different GI okay. scores okay. but but yeah if it's uh,
0: going th- in the same bin you know it's irrelevant at that point because you can't you know, you can't differentiate once that corn goes okay. in the bin with the other corn. But I
1: think that yeah. works well then, you know, so it gives farmers some opportunities. So say I've yeah. got a field that, you know, I I mudded it out and I want to run, you know, the uh, field cultivator and level it out. That's going to hurt my CI score for next yeah. year on yeah. that one field. But hey, it, that one field's going to have a crappy CI score, but I can blend it with my other fields that are able to be no-till or strip-till yeah. or yeah. the fields that got cover crop on and a couple of those fields I didn't get the cover crop on. That's Okay. Yeah. blend it together now we've got a new updated weighted average ci score and this is the same thing that it brings about opportunity for grain aggregators to be involved like the guys at the co-op or the elevator yeah. Yeah. they're just doing this at scale yeah not just aggregating a dozen fields like i do on my farm but aggregating hundreds of farmers together and you know thousands you know hundreds or thousands of fields all aggregated together so that that elevator essentially has one CI score. Now it's constantly updating. Yeah. Every new yeah. load in slightly adjusts the CI score and every load out could have a slightly different CI score. Um, But the, there's tools to be able to do that. We work yeah. with a variety of companies that enable the data tracking at that level to happen. It's really not that tough of rocket science. Yeah. Like there's technology, there's tools out there. Uh, this, If it sounds scary, it's really not that yeah. scary. It well, just I takes- guess-
0: Yeah, and I I could see an elevator have, let's say they got 10 bins. And when you're coming to dump your load, they're going to know what that farmer's CI score is. And based on that CI score, they're going to put if it's a great CI score, they're going to put it into the great bin. If it's a horrible CI score, they're going to dump it into the horrible bin. The horrible yeah. bin corn is just going to get fed or you know exported, sure. whereas the great, that's what's going to go to the ethanol plant.
1: Definitely could be. Um, I think some elevators will catch on and will do that. I think the math will work. But it also, for most of them, they might just say, okay, we've got some great CI corn coming in. We've got some unknown CI corn or some crappy CI corn. We're going to blend it all together. And now every single bushel yeah. at least is now a little bit below that baseline yeah. of twenty nine. Yeah.
0: And when I say they might be doing that, it's not this year, it's not probably next year. You know, we're looking at 26, They definitely could though. As, I, think, as I think folks
1: definitely will do it in the future. I think the dollars are going to more than warrant it. But also I see there be an opportunity where that grain aggregator could incentivize a producer like me to buy my, instead of me sending my grain all the way down to the ethanol plant, I could sell it to that elevator. They could take my low CI grain buy some other grant and pay me a premium. Yeah. Then they can buy somebody's grant that doesn't list. have the yeah. data and blend it together. And yeah. now they're earning a small premium on every bushel. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah. so
1: yeah. I'm, I'm seeing some conversations about that, but gosh, I wish there was some more folks that were uh, really getting on the ball and, and uh, ramping up those efforts. Um, Would love to have more of those conversations because I think there's some great business opportunity to be had, in doing that. But I understand, you know, there's some risk in it, um, of, uh, exploring that right now when, again, we're waiting for the IRS rules. Um, but I think there's some pretty cool business opportunities that will emerge because of some of these efforts.
0: Well, I totally agree. And, and again, this is not the last conversation you and I will have on this particular subject. Uh, I, yeah. I think for now we've probably covered, you know, a little bit of the update of the fact that we do have this new, um, a notice from the IRS that really is telling us, Hey, hold on, you know, hopefully by March 1st, of course, anytime yeah. I hear that I'm like, March 1st of what year is it?
1: 25.
0: <laughs> Uh, It's like building a house. They'll tell you they'll be out Thursday and you have to ask, well, which which week or which Thursday will it be? But uh, but again, Mitchell, I want to thank you for that's also
1: why, though, Paul, I think in closing, that's also why I want to encourage people. We cannot just sit back and wait.
0: Uh, Definitely. definitely.
1: Because it's going to be too late. We have there's six billion bushels of corn that goes into ethanol every year in this country or just shy of it. Six billion bushels. And right now, all 6 billion bushels have a default CI score. Yep. The yep. only way we're going to maximize this opportunity and and be able to show the policymakers and stuff that, hey, the ag community is self-organized. Farmers are ready to go. Biofuel companies are ready. And let's collaborate together. Let's get this going. now, uh, yeah, it's a risk of starting this ball rolling when we don't have the final rules, but hey. The announcement last week was a nice indicator. It yep. says that they're at least working on some stuff. They're trying, but we don't know when those updated rules are going to come. But we know that it's going to take data. We know that it's going to take a lot of farmers being aware. So let's. we just need to keep having the conversation and getting more farmers aware, getting more farmers to get their CI score. And yep. uh, to me as a farmer, I'm more than willing to take on the risk just out of my own pocket.
0: Yeah, so the farmers
1: stuff like it's not it's it's not expensive to do these things, and that's what we're trying to do is trying to keep it as inexpensive as possible because we got to have a lot of farmers. If if this is going to be successful, we got to have huge
0: yeah volume yeah, yeah. Well, and the key is they really need to get their twenty three score. You know, the crop that was just harvested. <laughs> Excuse me. They need to get that score. They then need to find out. Hey, either I have a great score. Yeah. Wonderful. If I have a mediocre score or a horrible score, what are the steps I need to take now to really right. increase that or reduce that score for our 24 crops? And
1: that's what we did within our system, too, is that we show farmers their score, but then we built a CI calculator tool that is available for free in there, too, that you can play with scenarios and see, well, what would happen if I did add a cover crop? And you hit recalculate and boom, it shows you your score. It's pretty cool. So you can see and play around with it and, um, and talk with your agronomist, you know, talk with those, those folks that are around you. We work with those agronomists as as dealers. And, um, yeah, it's just thinking about this. It's a huge opportunity for farmers. Like, and as you're listening to this and thinking about next year here, as we, as we go into 2024, um, data and, and carbon intensity, it's a big, big deal.
0: Yep. It it is. And, it could be, it's a big deal and it become, it could become a huge deal. So that's, that's, that's why it's sort of exciting.
1: And huge that. in that I'm, that's why I like this too, Paul. I don't necessarily, as a farmer, I don't, and as an entrepreneur, I don't like betting this hard on government and on tax credits. Yep, It's yep. too fragile. However, what I think happens here is so many of these companies have corporate sustainability goals. They want to yep. decarbonize. This sets a precedent. Yep. It sets a precedent as to how we can quantify. It sets a precedent as to a a business model. And if you are not selling to an ethanol plant today, hey, be thinking about how can you be producing low-carbon pork, low-carbon yeah. eggs, yeah. low-carbon uh, you know, low tomatoes, or whatever the heck you're producing. I don't care. Yeah. It's the concept here that I am yeah. so bullish on. I think it's so right. And um, it's or- not... Going to be carbon offsets in the future it's the scope three reductions um kind of carbon insetting to a to an extent but it's about telling our story to the folks in our supply chain
0: yeah or it's the low car- low carbon corn oil that's going to be sold at whole foods you know right. so so it's yeah. it's uh there it's like you say it's beyond ethanol if, if you can that's prove to that ultimate consumer that you've reduced the carbon. And that's very important, especially for the people your age, you know, just mm-hmm. to be honest, it's the people your age. That's probably more important than the people my age. Um, I don't even,
1: I don't even know to, in my eyes though, Paul, I don't even think that it's the people that are my age. It's the financial institutions and yep. the corporates that have made these public claims saying yep. that they're going to decarbonize and that they're going to do all this stuff and the efforts that they have put out there up to this point around carbon credits and around these different efforts is not getting them uh, where they need to be. And this is really an opportunity for them to work internal to their supply chain. agriculture is part of just about every single supply chain out there. And uh, this sets that precedent that they can, that they can utilize agriculture as being part of their solution. And, um, and farmers, I think can, really have some opportunity to win. yeah. Um, Because I think the farmer
0: then can prove, hey, we have reduced carbon, whereas like Apple and Google and Microsoft, they go out here and buy these credits. Well, Microsoft, Apple, Google, you haven't reduced your footprint. You've just bought some offsets. Whereas, hey, we can prove, the farmer can prove to the consumer, hey, we have reduced the carbon footprint of this corn oil or this soybean or whatever it might be and and those companies and the consumer will view that as being a positive.
1: That's right. Okay. Yep, yeah, I'm with you. Exciting stuff. And okay. um yeah, always good to catch up here and at uh looking forward for more announcements as they come here in 2024.
0: And Mitchell, you don't sound very excited at all. So I, No, I, I, I can I I'm just, just easing. <laughs> we've uh,
1: I think Paul when when you and I first did this uh our deal here earlier this year, I had I think there was like 12 people total involved in Continuum Ag, like a handful of full-time people and then some contractors and stuff. This week we brought on our 35th person. <laughs> We've so, like tripled yeah, yeah. people, not all full-time, you know, we're, yep. we're hiring a lot of full-time people, but gosh, we are ramped up in a major way. Um, it is coming big time. And I want to make sure that the farmers are at the forefront yep. Um and, and that we're playing together. It, I'm not going to see a, a penny if I'm not playing ball with biofuel players, and those biofuel players are not going to get my grain and my data if yeah. they don't play ball with me. So yeah. we've, got to, we're, we've got to work together here. It's an amazing opportunity to do so, and there's tons of money to go around. Um, so exciting well, stuff.
0: And again, you have to develop the software program that allows you to scale up. I mean, if yeah. you're relying on a whole bunch of agronomists across America to do all these scores and so on. There's just yeah. not enough of them to even get it done.
1: So. No, and for we're dealing with the IRS here. Yeah. It's gotta yeah. be simple. If yeah. we wanna pass through all these audits, we want this to be real. There's billions of gallons of ethanol that has to go through audits and that we've gotta run these scores. It's gotta be systematized. Yeah. We've gotta have software. And yeah, we're just, we've really been able to make some cool advancements within our um, topsoil software, yeah. but- um, Continuing to build all the time and building more capabilities and making um, making improvements every day. Okay. So, well, again, good stuff.
0: Yeah, Mitchell, thanks a lot. Uh, Always is, fun. Yeah, this is the uh, top producer podcast, and this is uh, Paul for your host, signing off.